since the topic was given was, can we discuss how to develop loving relationships with devotees? Or we could say how to improve our relationships with devotees, how to build nice relationships with the devotees. First, uh, some Shastric references. How important is it to associate with devotees? So, we'll just read some of those. In the Adi Purana, there is the following statement by Lord Krishna himself, addressed to Arjuna. My dear Partha, one who claims to be my devotee is not so. Only a person who claims to be the devotee of my devotee is actually my devotee. Nectar of Devotion, Chapter 12. Should I read the Sanskrit? Okay. I'm not a Brahmana, I'm not a Kshatriya, I'm not a Vaishya or a Sudra, nor am I a Brahmachari, a householder, a Vanaprastha, or a Sannyasi. I identify myself only as the servant of the servant of the servant of the lotus feet of Lord Sri Krishna, the maintainer of the gopis. Okay, so the first one we have directly from Krishna, <coughs> quoted in the Adi Purana, then the Nectar Devotion. Krishna says, you're not actually my devotee unless you're a devotee, my devotee. And then we have Lord Chaitanya, who of course is the preeminent example for all of us for this age, especially that I don't consider myself any of these different roles. I'm just the servant of the servant of the servant. Okay. Srimad Bhagavatam 11.19.21 Krishna says Madhbhakti Puch Abhyadika It is better to render service to my devotee Thus according to the Gaudiya Vaishnava philosophy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu It is better to be a servant of the servant of God Chaitanya Charitamrita Madhya 13.80 One should not try to serve Krishna directly A pure Vaishnava serves a servant of Krishna And identifies himself as a servant of a servant of Krishna this is pleasing to Lord Krishna. Okay, so within this weekend's context, we can understand how important it is for us to accept and serve a Diksha Guru, one who is completely committed to serving their spiritual master in the Parampara. That's clear. We should also look at this, not that these references are simply saying, or exclusively saying, serve the Guru and don't worry about anybody else. Sometimes we tend to think that. Raise your hand if you've been to Mayapur. Have you ever had the not so pleasant experience of being more or less pushed out of the way as an enthusiastic young, generally brahmachari, clears the path so his Guru Maharaj can get to the front of the temple? You ever had that? Anybody have You don't have to raise your hands. A few of us have had that experience. And I'm six foot two, you know, so, and it happens to me. So I always think that's strange because I think, well, the fact that your guru is a guru means he's realized that he's a servant to the servant to the servant to the servant and you're offending the Vaishnavas in the mood of trying to serve him. You're actually offending your guru by offending the Vaishnavas. But sometimes, you know, we're not so mature in our understanding of rendering service. So preeminent service to the Diksha Guru, but also all the Vaishnavas. And you're all Vaishnavas. So this is talking about how we need to relate to each other. Okay? Next one. Lord Shiva told the goddess Durga, My dear Devi, although the Vedas recommend worship of demigods, the worship of Lord Vishnu is topmost. However, above the worship of Lord Vishnu is the rendering of service to Vaishnavas who are related to Lord Vishnu. Chaitanya Chaitamrita Madhya. Okay, good. So here again we see serving the Vaishnavas. 
doesn't qualify, doesn't say the old Vaishnavas. I don't think, does it say the men Vaishnavas? Anybody see the word? Men's not in there. Does it say the Prabhupada disciple Vaishnavas? Does it say serve those who joined the movement at least 60 seconds before you did? Does it say that? It doesn't say that. It says serving the Vaishnavas. Okay, next one. One who thinks himself lower than the grass, who is more tolerant than a tree, and who does not expect personal honor, but is always prepared to give all respect to others, can very easily always chant the holy name of the Lord. Okay, so how important is it for us to chant the holy name of the Lord? Does that have anything to do with our, uh, with our process? Do we, ever, do we ever do that process? That is our process, isn't it? And, and, and as far as teachers of the chant to the holy name, um, Mahaprabhu, is he particularly important? Right? He's a pretty important person for us. And of all the different things that he said, how important are the Shishastaka prayers? So in the Shishastaka, Lord Chaitanya, Krishna himself, Descending in this age, teeth the topmost process, talking about the topmost process, says you can only do it if you respect Prabhupada's disciples. No? Okay, you can only do it if you offer respect to those that are senior to you. You can only do it if you offer respect to Indians, Westerners, men, Hindus. Religious people? Human beings? Doesn't even say that, does it? You can't chant the holy name properly unless we're prepared to give all respects to others. Then it becomes easy to chant the holy name. So how important is that chanting? I think there's one more. Whoever has the mic, next one. Next one. Jiva Goswami commenting on this verse says that Krishna in his plenary expansion as Paramatma is situated in the moving and the non-moving entities as the super soul. So any neophyte devotee who simply gives his attention to the Archamurti, the form of the Supreme Lord in the temple, and does not respect other living entities, is uselessly worshipping the form of the Lord in the temple. Raise your hand if you worship the Lord in the temple today in any way, shape, or form. Everybody, right? We came for Darsha, we chanted the Lord's name. Just a minute ago, we chanted Radha So, according to... Prabhupada's explaining what Jiva Goswami said, how effective is our worship if we're not respecting other living entities, according to Jiva Goswami? That is useless. That's a pretty strong word, isn't it? Useless. That's like zero, isn't it? And this is uh, Prabhupada's purport, Bhagavad Gita 9.11. Anybody remember reading this verse? Very, very important purport. That we, yes, thank you. The italics we put in, just so you wouldn't miss it. Thank you. Ravina Supra is here. i got to stand the straight and narrow. Yes. Matter of fact, just a minute ago I edited it. Previously it was in bold, and I, I mellowed it out. But the, the point is there. 
It's Prabhupada's words, but that's that's the that's the uh, the important point there to really draw our attention to. Now it's interesting; it didn't all fit on the slide. Here's the rest of it. It gets stronger. Believe it or not. Uh, there are three kinds of devotees of the Lord, and the neophyte <clears throat> is in the lower stage. The neophyte devotee gives more attention to the deity in the temple than to other devotees. Like a definition, a neophyte devotee gives more attention to the deity in the temple than to other devotees. So Vishwanath, here we're hearing from what Jiva Goswami says, here quoting, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur warns that this sort of mentality should be corrected. What mentality? I mean, who, how can we imagine to give more attention to the deity than to the devotees? But here we're being instructed. Does that mean we should lower the amount of attention we give to the deities? Geez, they get a lot of outfits every year. Maybe we should you know, buy more clothes to the brahmacharis and stop the deity outfits for a couple cycles. Is that what it means? No, obviously not. <clears throat> We know what a wonderful standard of deity worship Prabhupada had us put in place and it's our tradition. But here the great Acharyas are telling us, don't think we can just worship the deities and not pay attention, not serve, not respect the Vaishnavas. So how important it is. So within our Shastra, I think that's the last one. Yeah, okay. So within our Shastra, there's so much reference and so much evidence given by the Acharyas about how important it is for us to associate with properly, to respect Actually, I'm not going to do that. To respect uh, all living entities, and especially to respect and to serve the Vaishnavas. And as Rabindu Prabhu pointed out in his wonderful synopsis of our of our Gaudiya history, when uh, when that was when that was lost within the Gaudiya month, the whole effort fell apart. And we know Prabhupada stressed this so much. He told the GBC, "You have to come to my for every year to discuss this one topic." Probably heard this before. Anybody remember what is that one topic they have to discuss? Unity and diversity. Discuss that one thing. So how important that is. And we all know Prabhupada in his final days with us in this world, emphasizing that your love for me will be shown by how you argue with each other. Right? By how you split into different guru sampradayas. By how the East Coast wars against the West Coast. North, South. India against the rest of the world, Russia against you. No, he didn't say. But how you what? Cooperate together. So it's such an essential, essential principle for us. So we're going to do a couple of things. Discuss how we can increase our respect, our cooperation, our loving exchanges between devotees, and then we're going to do an exercise, which will actually help us put it in practice. So don't go away. And if you do the exercise really well, you get to have lunch, Prashad. <laughs> Otherwise. I made an arrangement with the, with the kitchen. They have to get a list of names from me, so don't go away. Okay? Okay, so. Um, any instructions on the Shastra? From the Shastra, directly, powerful, what something comes to your mind? How should we demonstrate our relationships with devotees? How do we put that in real life practice? Yes. How many loving exchanges? Six. Thank you. Unlimited, but what? Which ones are particularly pointed out for our benefit? Maybe some of the ladies. Where's the other mic? No, I'm over here already. Okay, she chants sweetly. Tell us about sweet loving. What do we mean? Exchange. I don't know. Prasadam. Perfect answer. And you cooperated with me very nicely to demonstrate the principle of cooperation. She didn't know. I said prasadam. So she picked that up very nicely. So what do we do with prasadam? Eat it ourselves? Who said no? 
That's one of the six, isn't it? Right? To accept prasadam, right? And to give prasadam. That one's usually easiest, except when you're really hungry. Isn't it? But it's a simple thing, and actually it's wonderful. I, I remember I worked at a little college outreach center, served at a center years ago. One of the devotees was there, and no matter how late you were out or what you were doing, he would always save you prasadam. And, and it just, you felt cared for, the fact that this devotee went out of his way to make sure you got prasadam. So it's, a, it's one of the ways of, of exchanging love, to accept prasadam, to give prasadam like that. What else are we said to exchange in our loving relationships? Giving gifts. Okay, good. Very good. Um, there's so many wonderful stories of Prabhupada. I remember someone saying one time, and I don't remember the details of Prabhupada. Of course, people would give him so many things. And oftentimes someone would give Prabhupada something and he would immediately give them something back in exchange. So, Ravindas may remember the detail. I think Hari Sori tells the story. Someone had given Prabhupada a very expensive watch. Very expensive watch. And in the, the next city, or the, maybe the city after that, someone came and offered Prabhupada a very inexpensive, cheap watch. And Prabhupada took off the very expensive watch. He, he accepted the watch that this inexpensive gift was given with devotion. He, whatever it was, a time, Timex for $20 from Kmart or something. He accepted that, and then he gave that devotee the, the, the very expensive watch he'd gotten just a, a few towns or so before. So, loving exchanges, it, it makes, it's important. And then what's the next one? Sometimes you could argue maybe often the least done, but perhaps the most important. Yes. Inquiring confidence and um, uh, revealing revealing your mind in confidence and good. inquiring confidence. Very good, very good. Inquiring confidentially or in confidence and revealing our mind confidentially. So this means spiritual life is got news for some of you who don't know this yet, but it can be difficult sometimes, right? It can be difficult. There are challenges and, and they, they come in various intensities at different times of our life. And much of our shelter comes from being able to reveal our mind in confidence, inquire confidentially. That can be talking about difficulties that we're experiencing or can also talk about things we're realizing in our Krishna consciousness. To find a person of a similar mentality and explain to them, I'm having this insight, what do you think of that? Have you ever thought about that? And that becomes a great uh, exchange of love between devotees. And similarly, to be able to have one or two or three people in our life where we feel that there's some difficulty, I can speak to them in confidence. Because there's a tendency in our movement to think that the day after you move in, you're supposed to be a pure devotee. Sometimes we call this um, pure, p- p- uh, PDS. Right? It's PDS, pure devotee syndrome. Right? You have to have been around a couple days and you're expected to be, or you expect yourself to be very pure and don't have any doubts, don't have any anxieties, don't have any problems. That's not the fact. All of us, there's so many challenges. So it's one of the experiences of love is to be able to go to at least a few friends. Don't have to broadcast it over the, you know, the temple video cam. I'm having problems. That doesn't work. But to be able to have a friend and say, hey, Here's what I'm going through. Do you have any advice? Can you help me? Do you have any suggestions? you ever experienced anything like this? Help me how to, as Rupa Swami was saying so nicely yesterday, help me understand how to build more faith. How can I increase my faith in this difficult time? 
And again, we're just exchanging the wonderful things that there are about Krishna consciousness. You know, mother is talking about how they're raising their kids in Krishna consciousness and managers exchanging their thoughts confidentially about maybe challenges and opportunities that they have. These are all loving exchanges. So these, these six are there, very, very important, that we should try to practice to help us develop this mood of, of cooperation. And I'm condensing kind of a longer session seminar, so I don't have time to get into a lot of the background. But if we were to make a list of different things that we can do to honor and serve the devotees, one that comes up very often is the need, we heard about respecting and service, also the need to appreciate or show gratitude to devotees. That came up a little bit in the session yesterday. I think one or two people mentioned um, about the importance of, I think you did, Prima Mataji, about, about having gratitude. Having gratitude. And of course, we have gratitude for Krishna. I mean, even I remember as a kid, <clears throat> kind of a good song for Gita Nagari out here in the country The Lord's been good to me, He gives me all the things I need. You quote Wordsworth, I quote country bumpkin folk tales. I'm sorry. <laughs> The Lord's been good to me. He gives me all the things I need, the sun and the rain and the apple seeds. The Lord's been good to me. So it's, you know, some sense of appreciation. We should have that sense of appreciation. The sun comes up every day. Uh, most of us live in the city. Probably a lot of you came here the first time. You looked out the window at the six-foot corn crops and said, What's that? Are those peas? <laughs> Probably a few people had that. So, you know that the, the, the blessings of the earth and the blessings of, of, of nature are there for us. And then, of course, that we're so fortunate to have this human form of life. I mean, sometimes you go out and you see the, the little critters running around here in Gita Nagri and other places, and you think, oh, Krishna, thank you, please help me not go through that cycle again. I don't want to do that cycle again. So we're fortunate to have a human form of life. So fortunate to have come in contact with Siddha Prabhupada's movement. So fortunate to be able to uh, take shelter of advanced devotees. And those of you that have taken Diksha to have the opportunity to take initiation from a, a bona fide guru. The chance to engage in service. The chance to have the beautiful darshan of Shishi Radha Damodar. Shishi Radha Damodar Ki. opportunity to hear Srimad Bhagavatam and associate with devotees, we're just very, very fortunate. So to maintain that sense of gratitude is very, very essential. And also to be able to appreciate devotees. Um, we all have kind of a tendency sometimes, actually I shouldn't say this, probably many of you are transcendental to this, but sometimes we tend to see, where's your bottle here? See, sometimes we tend to see the bottle is empty when actually it's partly full. Or sometimes when the bottle is halfway full, we tend to see, we know the analysis, the bottle is half empty. Um, go outside today, it's a beautiful day outside, and, and, and some might say, boy, it's a lovely day, and some will say it's cloudy. Right? Or there's been 15 days of drought and it starts to rain. You say, oh, isn't wonderful that it's raining? And the other person says it's, it's wet out. Something like that. Our mind tends to go to the negatives. Prabhupada explained that as Vaishnavas, our mind should be like, he compared to like two types of insects. 
can be this type or benefits that that type. What's the type that we sometimes become that we shouldn't? Like flies. Yeah, like the fly, right? What does a fly go for? What does a fly meditate on? What's it attracted to? Prahlad. Garbage and dirty things, right? Even if you get like a cut on your arm or something, the fly goes right to that. Or it goes right to the garbage, right? Or, or it goes to the, the dirty places. So sometimes our mind tends to go to the critical places, the dirty places. We see everything that's wrong. We see what's wrong with you. Um, I gave the example sometimes some of the temples I visit. I, I remember one place in South America. Um, it's like this in many Iskand temples. There may be one devotee that's been cooking the Raj Boga five, six, seven days a week for 15 years. Sometimes it's like that. Really strong, steady devotees. and Nobody ever says anything to them. Except, you know, every five years, somebody will stick their head in the door and say, you burnt the sweet rice today. <laughs> that's the only kind of feedback they ever get sometimes. And of course, sometimes we think, well, that's my mercy on you. Because I'm, I'm pointing out how you can advance in spiritual life. And I don't want you to get puffed up. So I'm going to point out to you. But, but actually, we all know from our own hearts, and psychologists will explain this is the truth in different studies, and, and certainly people work in management circles, people improve more by the appreciation of their positive. I was hearing a devotee, Brajvi Harper was speaking to a group the other day, was saying they're seeing now in academic circles. There's new ideas. Let's say your child gets three A's and a C. The tendency of the parents is focus on the C. You've got to fix your math, fix your math, fix your math. But the child's very, very good at other things. But rather than focusing on the good, they tend to focus on the negative. They're saying, now actually it's much better. Your child will be healthier, happier, more balanced. Focus on what their strengths are. So in the same way in devotees, it's important for us to focus on strengths and to learn to not criticize each other, but, but appreciate each other. Because if someone comes up, if someone comes up, say Rabindu Supru gives a, a, a very inspiring class, as he always does, and if someone comes up, you know, he gives an hour and a half discourse, and it's really wonderful, it's well researched and well thought out, and someone comes up and says, you know, the 15th verse that you quoted, the third line, you got that verb wrong. <laughs> And that's the only feedback he gets. He starts, what's the point? I mean, he's a great soul. He'll go on no matter what. But, you know, we're all people. And, and, and what kind of effect is that going to have on us? So this idea of, of appreciation. They did some studies a few years ago. They asked a group of employers of big companies, what do you think motivates the people that work for you? And they listed things like, well, the salary and how long is the vacation time and what kind of benefits they get and do they have a desk by the window. Very measurable, tangible things like that. When they asked the employees or the workers, what really motivates you, inspires you at work? Anybody know what they said? Appreciation and recognition for what they've done. Their contribution. When they felt they made a contribution, it was being appreciated, they were inspired. And these are you know, ordinary, quote-unquote, fruit of workers who are also getting a salary and a vacation and all those things. And generally, amongst devotees, we don't give a lot of vacation time and we don't have a whole lot of people who are starting to, I think, mature a little bit and provide positions for some. But generally, for our devotional service, there is no material remuneration. So if the only... If you don't get those other kind of perks, how important it is for us to get appreciation? And on the spiritual level, we also understand, just briefly, um, 
describe that the gopis, they dress themselves very beautifully and they offer so many different services to Krishna and they're fanning rod in Krishna. Their only desire is they're hoping that Krishna might... How does he reciprocate with them? There's many ways, but there's one comes to mind. It has to do with the eyes. Anybody think what I'm thinking? He gives them a sidelong glance, right? Oh, this is very nice, and they're happy. By that sidelong glance, Krishna noticed, Krishna appreciated, I'm satisfied. Now as devotees, most of us have yet to see the sidelong glance of Krishna. We see the deities, but we may not recognize that he's looking at us appreciatively. So where does that appreciation come from? Where does that inspiration come from? If it comes from devotees saying, you burnt the sweet rice. <laughs> see, it's a little hard. So this idea of cooperating with the devotees, respecting devotees, serving the devotees. One of the main ways we can serve the devotees is to help inspire them in their Krishna consciousness, isn't it? Now one of the, the most important things you can do, you know, if somebody brings me a couple chapatis, that's great, it's prasad, it's transcendental. But if you inspire me in my devotional service, if you make me feel that my contribution is an important one, if you inspire me to you know, do one more day or one more arctic or sell one more book or one more class, that's, that's really helpful to me. That's the most important thing you can do. And again, unfortunately, sometimes we're not so good at this appreciation. So, there's an interesting story with Prabhupada in the early days in New York. <clears throat> Very early, devotees were just starting, some of them, to pay obeisances. Most devotees didn't pay obeisances, and one devotee, I believe it was Gargamuni Prabhu, went to Prabhupada and said, the other devotees, they're offering obeisances, but I don't feel like it. Is that okay? Because Prabhupada had instructed anybody yet to do it. But now that he brought it up, Prabhupada took advantage of the moment. He, he said, that is all right, you don't feel like it, but if you do it, the feeling will come. Very important part of our process, devotional service. We may not feel enlivened to dance in front of the deities, but if we dance, the feeling will come. We may not be so inspired to chant Hare Krishna, but if we just chant, then the inspiration will come. So in the same way, we may not be so naturally inclined or expert at offering appreciation for devotees. So therefore, just as Prabhupada told Gargamuni, if you practice, it will come naturally. We're going to practice showing appreciation. Okay? Everybody ready? Remember, it's fun and you don't get lunch if you don't do it. Okay? Now, I've never done this with such a big group before, but it's a big room, so I think it's going to work out. Let me tell you what we're going to do. First of all, is everybody okay with this concept that appreciating the Vaishnavas is devotional service? It's important? Okay. Put your hand up. Anybody have any doubt? Once in a while, somebody says, Well, Bhakti Sananta said, if you criticize me, you're my best friend. If you flame, if you, right, if you uh, flatter me, you're my enemy. Okay? Lots to say to that, but one quick example. When Bhakti Sananta Saraswati Thakur, sometimes disciples would be quarreling, and they'd have to come see him. He'd say, you sit down. Okay, you glorify him. Now you glorify him. Okay, now we talk about the problem. So it was, let's start out by appreciating each other and putting things in proper perspective, then we'll solve the problem. So other things can be said in that too, but not so much time. So put that doubt out of your mind. Appreciating devotees is service. Now, appreciation is not flattery. Okay? To come up to a devotee and say, Prabhu, when I see you practically, your fulgence is like Lord Brahma arriving on the swan airplane. And when you chant, I just feel ecstatic symptoms. You know, and I've never met a devotee as pure as you are. It's just wonderful how you're embodying Prabhupada's teaching. And by the way, can you loan me $50? See? 
That's not appreciation. That's flattery. It's like cheap. It's with the intention. Of, it's not personal, and it's it, it's done with the with the desire to get something. Okay. Real appreciation is personal, and it's done with the desire just to serve the devotees. Okay. So let me let me give a quick example. I'm going to pick on Ravina Srupabu just briefly. <coughs> so. Rabindu Surprabhu, I would just like to really offer my appreciation for the fact that you have been such a steady voice for maturity and Krishna consciousness for so many years. And the writing that you've done throughout the years has always taken such an academic and devotional perspective. And it's really helped devotees understand that we can both look at things from an intellectual place and a devotional place and be objective in our studies and our, our look at our own tradition and how the work you've done inspires us to go deeper. And at the same time, you maintain such a profile of such a simple and humble and dedicated devotee. And especially your voice in GBC meetings for so many years has been such a steady force for maturity and calmness. And I'm really grateful for that. Thank you. It's not flattery because I didn't ask him for anything. And it's true. I really feel that way. I can say much, much more. But for the sake of time, just a few things. So here's what we're going to do. In just a minute, we're going to have everybody stand up. Okay? Not yet, not yet. Just wait, wait. I'm glad you're ready to go, but not yet. So when you stand up, we've got about 15 minutes, and I'm going to ask everybody to, as quickly as possible, approach as many devotees as you can. So which means, you know, don't go to one person for five minutes because there's a lot of devotees to appreciate here. And you're going to approach whoever you're inspired to do so. And you're going to go up and just offer some brief appreciation, something personal, what you really, you know, they've helped talked to you 10 years ago when you were really unhappy and inspired you in Krishna consciousness or they've been you know playing wonderful Madunga beats for so many months or they give such a nice Bhavatan class that you appreciate it's something personal something personal you appreciate about them if a devotee is offering you appreciation okay no false humility <laughs> that's not allowed the rule is you fold your palm you listen attentively when they're done you say thank you Prabhu and then, if you choose to, you can say some appreciation back to them. You don't have to, but if you want to, you can say some appreciation back to them. So the goal is you want to get to as many devotees as possible, and ideally we need an hour for a room this, this large. We'll get, try to get to as many as we can. And keep moving. Don't stop. Okay, and I know there's there's a line here, kind of ladies and men on each side, but you know this is not a boundary line you can't cross. Feel free to to cross the line and say some words to the to the Vaishnavas and the Vaishnavis. Yes, Sachi Prabhu. So, so what if you don't know the other person at all? Well, I think with a room this big, there's at least 10, 20 people you know pretty well. So start with those people. Okay. It was a smaller group, we do a little bit differently. But so you, you can look for a few of those people. And you may not have time to get to everybody, but this is a practice. We want to give it a try. Any questions? Okay, now, Premanand, is that right? Yes. Your job is, anybody tries to get out that door, do you have a purse? <laughs> Put the bottle of water in the purse so it's nice and heavy. Nobody gets out. Okay? Okay? All right. So, any other questions? So, maybe you want to get to number one. 
Fold your palms, genuine appreciation, make it personal. Think about, you know, there's some wonderful people in this room that have done a lot of wonderful things for you in the past. And maybe you never had a chance to stop and tell them how much you appreciate it. Or maybe you need to tell them again. And uh, take advantage of the opportunity. So we're going to, like, stand up. We can move the pillows if you want. And just everybody start moving around and get to as many people as you can. I'll stop us in about 10, 15 minutes. Shita Prabhupada Key. So, anybody want to share your experience with that real quickly? You want to, you want to say? Hare Krishna. Uh, my experience was that, uh, you know, sometimes we do this where we do appreciate devotees and uh, it's nice. But to do it in a room where there's everybody doing the same activity and you get your choice of who you'd like to appreciate. <laughs> and you know there are some relationships you've got to work on. <laughs> and so you try to, if you're brave enough, then you can try to address those. I think it's fantastic. I think this should be encouraged probably more. Because it resolves, because everybody feels like, oh, this is my opportunity, let me take it. Because sometimes it's hard to go up to a devotee in you know, so many blocks there are. But when you're forced to, in one way, you're not going to lunch, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, I didn't tell anybody to stop. I just asked you to pause. <laughs> so when you leave here in a few minutes during lunch, there may be people you wanted to talk to, you didn't have time, etc. So it's, it's not stopping, it's, it's just a pausing. Can we make this like part of our regular morning program? <laughs> it's a voluntary movement. <laughs> so if you want to make that part of your morning program, you should do that. I would suggest you make it at least part of your daily program. When we do, this is, we do a little longer exercise like this, similar, but we just have more time. I apologize we didn't have more time. In the communications course, we talk about, okay, so why not, because I think most of us had a pretty, raise your hand if you thought that was a pretty uplifting experience. Pretty good, huh? Okay. Um, so, you know, it's a good point. Okay, it's nice. We come to Gitanagri once a year. Okay, maybe we do it once a year. Why don't we, every, you know what, every ten years, let's appreciate the devotees. <laughs> or maybe we can do it on leap year, right? We'll do it every four years. Or maybe once a year we'll come together, we'll have 15 minutes of appreciation. The rest of the time we'll just criticize each other. <laughs> Right? Is that a good idea? No. So it's a good point. We, we, I think it, it's, I would pick up on your point that it's nice if we think, let me every day try to appreciate at least three people, three devotees, to try to make some sincere appreciation. And I would even go beyond the devotees, because we read all those quotes about respecting and other living entities. I mean, some of us... You know, you get on a bus, and why not offer appreciation to the bus driver? They've been at that job for a long time. Their life's pretty hellish. They don't have a whole lot of spiritual juice, most of them. And just by saying, thank you very much, that can make a difference. It's not, you've got enough energy to say that, or, you know, appreciating the, so many people we run into, especially devotees. But why not appreciate all the things that people do for us in the world? And sometimes that little bit of a difference can, can have a big impact on somebody's life. Can really, it really can. So yes, who would like to 
appreciate at least three people every day. Raise your hand if you think that'd be a nice idea. Okay, who wants to try to do it? Keep your hands up. Okay, good. Give it a, give it a try. It's actually quite nice. And before you go to bed, a nice. Okay, one, two. Okay, I didn't. And then just try to train yourself. Um, raise your hand if you're a cook. If you've been, raise your hand if you've been cooking here. Okay, about three or four. Raise your hand, and I'm, I'm, okay, I can't do it, but raise your hand if you've taken the time to appreciate the cooks. Oh, that's pretty good. That's very good. Thank you. So that means you personally went and said something to the cooks? Or you just appreciated the prashadam? <laughs> Both. Very intelligent answer. The cooks are, okay, so whoever's in the kitchen now, let's let's give them a big sign of gratitude. Big. that it's genuine appreciation is the offering is already done. <laughs> Lunch is finished, so there's no, there's no uh, you know, desire for manipulation or exploitation there. Just a couple people, what did it feel like giving appreciation to the other devotees? You know, ladies want to share, what, what did it feel like when you gave appreciation? Okay. What was it like? I was... It was a rare opportunity, which I really appreciated, and it just, it was so opening. It felt, my heart felt like it was opening, and uh, I was receiving more than I was giving. Right, so by giving appreciation, you felt your heart open, and you were actually receiving. I appreciate it. Great. Someone else? Prahlad. Nice way to like. It was a nice way to like know other people like you didn't know, and also like uh, it was very. It felt heartwarming. I don't know why. It just felt okay. like that because you're just talking about other people and you just see smiling faces, and it's just so nice. Nice. Hanimo. <laughs> what did it? Okay, one more. Promo. After uh, getting appreciation for a few devotees, and then I, it, it recognized me even the small services which I'm performing. It was a great impact on the other devotees. That triggered me. The other devotees who are doing a small services also, which I was not appreciating them, and then heart started opening up to appreciate the small services even. Okay. So by offering appreciation, it helped you create an understanding of, and a feeling for appreciating others. Okay, good. What did it feel like receiving appreciation, Mataji? She doesn't want to do that. That's a tougher question, sorry. What did it feel like when you were receiving appreciation? I think I'm the wrong person to answer that, but uh, it, it just feel, it just made me feel very insignificant that such um, uh, devotees that are you know uh, practicing Krishna consciousness for so much longer than I am are are kind of um, expanding every little detail of small things that I have been doing. So it made me feel really small. Okay. So by their appreciating the small things that you're doing, you felt the value of those things. 
But you could see that even these little things make a difference. She felt inspired to do more. <clears throat> Let's just think about that for a minute. If by something as simple as giving appreciation to someone, nice kirtan prabhu, thank you for the prasadam, thanks for speaking to me the other day, thank you for being such a nice example. If just by that little appreciation, people are inspired to do more service, how important is that? Isn't it? You know, is sitting there... <coughs> seeing all of us gradually advance in Krishna consciousness and taking up responsibility. So if he sees that by us, that we're actually inspiring each other to do more to help the world, is that not direct service to him? How important it is. Um, it was a little overwhelming to receive so much love. Um, and I was actually feeling very grateful that um, Prabhupada and Prabhupada's disciples have preserved what Prabhupada created. And, um, and Prabhupada created this house, like he said, I created this house where the entire universe can fit. And I could feel that it was, um, actually I was tearing up like, to receive so much love. If it was not for Prabhupada, uh, this world outside is very harsh. But we are so fortunate. I was feeling so fortunate. There are so many people. Actually, there was one Prabhu who didn't even know who I was. But he knows my husband. So he just came and appreciated me uh, for the services he was doing. And he said, I'm sure you're behind the scenes. So, you know, things like that. People don't know you, but they're still so nice. So that felt very good. Like it felt very encouraging and um, keeps you motivated to keep going. Did anybody kind of feel like someone mentioned something to you and uh, I, I don't deserve that? Or sometimes you may feel, anybody have this feeling like, oh, if they think I'm like that, I better step up. <laughs> Isn't it? Sometimes we feel like that, you know. And often too, and just because um, just the sake of time, I'll just say a few things that I think many of you could have expressed. When... Uh, someone appreciates some particular thing we're doing. We may not think it's very important, but then we realize, oh, this actually is having a positive effect. You know, someone's noticing, someone's valuing that. Let me continue doing that. And how important is that for us in our Krishna consciousness? Because, you know, we're, we're illusioned living beings. We're trying to figure out Krishna. We're trying to figure out Guru Tattva here this weekend. Trying to figure out how to do service. So if by something as simple as someone appreciating us, it helps us recognize what we're doing right. It helps us inspire us to do more. It helps us feel loved. It helps us feel appreciated. It helps us feel connected with Prabhupada. You know, how important is that? So, yes, one final comment back here. Hare Krishna. I was uh, talking to other people today and uh, actually this was very nice. I didn't know anybody here so I came to know a few people and they were also from New Jersey where I came from. So in the meantime, I heard my wife was appreciating me for bringing her here. So it felt that you know I should be doing it more and more you know, coming out here. <laughs> I didn't expect that. Very Thank good. You. So where is your wife? She's here? Okay, so at least I know one person appreciated this session because your husband learned to be more appreciative, so you're welcome. <laughs> so, uh, okay, one more. Back here. Very last comment. Hare Krishna. <clears throat> um, I think on a daily basis we all learn. Uh, 
third uh, code of the Shishtashtakam, Pranadapi Sunechen, and there are two aspects in between is Amanina Manadein. I think the whole thing is uh, we are focusing on that basically. What I, I want to mention my personal experience is that <coughs> um, I did a small service to my Guru Maharaj um, uh, last year and uh, at the time of temple opening of Noida, Noida temple opening and uh, I have been associating with my Maharaj even during temple opening. Uh, <coughs> There was not even a single uh, opportunity he missed to appreciate what I did. Though it was a very small thing for such a huge temple uh, <coughs> being built. Um, <coughs> what I learned, I mean every time he is appreciating me in front of thousands of people and also in a small congregation or wherever, whatever, he never missed a single opportunity to appreciate what I did. <coughs> Every time he was doing this, I was definitely uh, felt that I must continue doing this kind of service to my Guru Maharaj. Yes. And at the same time, I also learned how important it is to appreciate others. Cool. This is my personal experience. So by that wonderful experience, you were inspired to continue to do more service and also inspired to see how let me appreciate. Because that's another part of it. We see how I get inspired, so let me help inspire others by appreciating. Thank you for sharing that. Very nice. So, again, now the pause button is off. You can continue appreciating each other as you take prasadam, as you spend the next two days, as you dive home to your different yatras, as you spend the rest of the year and the rest of your lives in private service. Think about it on a regular basis. How can I show some genuine appreciation? Some small thing, some big thing, doesn't matter, but some genuine appreciation because it's service to devotees. It's one of the ways that we can serve the devotees, inspire us to push on Prabhupada's movement more and more. And other people, when they come and they see that type of environment, how these people, they value each other, they appreciate each other, they love each other, they serve each other. Very attractive. People come and say, there's a whole different community than I'm used to. I want to be part of these people. Okay, so thank you very much and please accept my humble obeisance. Vaishnav Sangha Ki. Gita Nagari Ki. Lunch Prashadam Ki. Gaurav Premanandi.